Welcome to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. I'm your host, Dave Fettig. Today, we are very pleased to welcome David Booth, a young man who has autism and is joining us today to share his story. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. It's really important that we hear these stories. So, David, if you would, please walk us through the beginning of your journey and your experience as a child. For example, when your parents noticed that uh, you might need an assessment. So it really started when I was um, a kindergartner living in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, And, you know, I was just any, you know, excited kindergarten kid, you know, Um, But then as soon as I started school, my parents noticed almost immediately that I, something was up. And what they noticed was, you know, how I was interacting with the kids, how I was, you know, talking or lack lack thereof, to be honest. And um, then they took me over to, um, to see a psychology expert in Bismarck, and that's when we all figured out that um, I was diagnosed on the spectrum. And and I wasn't diagnosed on the Asperger part of the spectrum at the time. I was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Okay. So, David, in terms of school, did your teachers or anyone else at the school um, notice anything, or did they work with your parents, or did your parents initiate well, this? That's a that's a great question. Um, it brings up an interesting story. So... My parent, so my teacher actually spent as much time as she could, like our actual kindergarten teacher, just to spend time with me to try to help me through these issues that I was suffering with. But the problem was I needed services and she needed to focus on all the other students. But, and this kind of goes with the difficulties of living in North Dakota at the time, um, the school district even though I, I now I can't say this for certain, I don't know if I got tested in Minnesota. I I was told that I was, but so the story goes: the state of Minnesota, because I got also tested down here, they went to the state of North Dakota, especially the um, school system in Bismarck, and said, "Look, this kid needs services. He has this disability." But the school system was very reluctant to do it, especially my principal at my elementary school. And it got to the point where um, my parents were ready to threaten legal action against the school district. And they ended up finally um, caving, and I got services shortly thereafter, which is like instructional aid, you know, help on tests, stuff like that. And I I finally got my IEP. And the school's defense, at least initially for the whole reason, is they um, they didn't want me labeled as autistic because they were worried, like... Their reason was, well, we're worried that this kid's going to be, you know, bullied because of this. But we all kind of figured it was more, you know, money. A resources question. Exactly. Yeah. So, David, in terms of school and elementary school, what are some of the ways that the teachers tried to help you? Um, They tried to help me by, like, sitting sitting me down and reading a book, like an easy book, and just kind of help me through the words. Um, They also tried to help me with my handwriting which, you know, at the time we all, cursive was still a thing. So we all had to try to learn how to write in cursive. So that was a big thing. And then I think just basic communication, just talking and understanding 
certain cues, certain social situations, because especially at that time, I had no idea what. Um, I, I had a very unable understanding of right and wrong and just understanding certain social situations, which also left me to be taken advantage of pretty easily. As you got older, and this is a lot to ask of a child or any child, but as you got older, of course, you became more self-aware and grew up into middle school and so on. Tell us how you learned to navigate school and maybe advocate for yourself as you got older. Well, it simply came, it, what really helped me through that process were two things, asking questions and being communicative. And what Great. I mean by those is asking questions is just being like, hey, what does this mean? You know, can you help me with this problem? What, what am I trying to look for in this? And being communicative, just simply go to the teachers. That, that's what I simply told myself. Just go to the teachers, talk to them, have them explain the situations. And one of the keys that I found that helped me be more successful, I think it kind of annoyed some of my aides a little bit, but I would sit there and explain my answers all the time because it was sort of a safety mechanism, at least in my mind it was, because if I explain my answer, then maybe they might point something out that may not be correct and sort of just curtail me to be in the right direction. That was the one thing that my parents always tried to stress with these people is it wasn't so much that I, I was dumb per se. It was so much that I need to be curtailed in the right direction. Right. And some aides understood that and were willing to work with that, but some of them, you know, didn't. Some of them would be like, no, you're going to, you need to figure this out on your own, which again, my parents had a big problem with that because if I get stuck on one way, I just stay on that one way. So like in terms of advocacy, just being communicative. That's the biggest thing. That's a great story and great advice. Thank you for that. Uh, so again, growing up and then entering high school, High school can be a trying time for any child, uh, and it is. Uh, tell us how you navigated high school, and where were you at in high school? Where, what's, what school are you at? Were you in Minnesota by then? No, I was still, I lived in Bismarck for 20 years. Oh, I see, so that, okay. So I was born and raised there. Um, and funny enough, high school was actually more simpler than middle school. Middle school was the toughest one of them all because of transition. And as everyone can understand in this room, transition is the magical word. Because it, no matter who you are, it's, you could probably hear millions of stories right. about how transition can really affect somebody. But I think I took those experiences from middle school that I learned and really applied it to high school. And not kidding, I stepped into high school and I was right back to who I was pretty quickly. Oh, that's fantastic. And it, it, it was almost like a seamless transition. That's wonderful. How were the students? How were your friends? Um, they were great. I would say especially the friends that I met in middle school, especially during the tough years in middle school. Right. They, you know, having them there was really nice. I also got to experience something that a lot of people, you know, in high school experience, which is a relationship. Yes. That's when my, I would say my junior year was my, when I had my first relationship. Fortunately, it didn't last after I graduated, but that happens. That's, but, a, that's an old story, David. Yes. <laughs> it, it sure is. It sure is. But, but good for you. But I would definitely say my high school years, it's, you know, it was way easier than I think a lot of people. Well, that's wonderful. The, the only reason I had difficulties was my, my case manager at the time um, started curtailing some of the stuff off the IEP. 
And um, can, can you can I ask you to describe what you mean by case manager and IP? So if people are listening, they might not know. So an IP is essentially your resume that you would get after having a board meeting with all your teachers and specifically your case manager, who's your representative. Okay, thank you. Who represents you and kind of helps you through the school system. And the problem that I ran into in my junior and senior year is um, my case manager, because she felt like she was running low on AIDS, started, you know, picking, you know, started rearranging things around. And even though as I look back at it now, it may have been more of confidence in me and I just didn't realize it at the time. Sure. She started taking away my AIDS that I needed, especially in understanding questions. And you could definitely tell I was struggling when she did that, especially when I was taking chemistry because chemistry, they're, they're, people always say chemistry is tough, but it's because there are two things. One, you have in school, you have the multiple choice stuff, the the um, trying to understand the question, understand what the question's asking, and then you have the formulas. For me, I absolutely dominated the formulas because I mastered the patterns. That was one of my biggest strengths is memorizing patterns. And I just dominated that like crazy. But because they took away the aid, I had no idea what the multiple choice questions were asking. So I often like would get Fs, Ds, and it drove my parents nuts. Sure. So, David, it sounds like you were a very strong self-advocate and, and good for you. But I'm sure there are other uh, students who maybe um, aren't as self-aware or as confident as you were. What advice would you give for them and what resources are available for others? The big thing I can tell kids who deal with um, self-advocacy issues is simply just tell yourself, be communicative. Just go and just tell somebody, whether that be your parents maybe your counselor or your case manager. Just kind of just sit them down, tell them, tell them what's going on. You know, let your brain be free because we all, you know, I'm sure as many people have talked about with individuals with autism, they, they always don't like keeping their thoughts in their head. They need to be expressive. So in, that's the best way you can tell yourself. Just feel like you're just relieving the pressure inside your brain. And that's the best way you can be advocate yourself is just relieve that pressure onto somebody who you feel comfortable can make that difference, which is whether it's your case manager or even your teacher, just, you know, and the teachers will be appreciative of that because at the end of the day, they have a student that wants to learn and that wants to understand what's going on instead of, you know, sit on their phones or talk about, Hey, did you see that game last night? (laughs) No, they actually care about their schoolwork. Tell us, and especially for the parents who are listening, uh, what they should look for uh, in terms of a case manager and what to expect. Well, the thing they need to look for in a case manager is one who's very communicative and one that is almost not afraid, that is very low, is very down to earth and understands that no matter how many kids she has, she still has to treat each one individually. Where parents can run into a problem is case managers that tend to, you know, try to treat the department as a whole and just treat students and their clients as numbers. Because I can say personally, I've had, you know, from the case managers, that the best case managers I had were the ones that were communicative to me. And they were willing to sit down and hear me and hear my issues versus, you know, case managers I've dealt with that essentially are like, 
like they would make me sign up for my own classes and not even explain to me the classes that I would sign up for. And I'll give you two stories. I'll give you one story for ones that aren't, you know, that aren't good and one that was good. The one that wasn't good was where my case manager, she, she ended up having me, she ended up having me, letting me take a class that I need to take a a prerequisite. So essentially a pre-course. And I didn't know about that until I literally took the class and I went to the teacher and said, I don't understand any of these concepts. She's like, well, did you take this course? I was like, no. So I go to my case manager and she's like, well, I got to look over after all these students. So I can't really focus on you and you need to be looking out. Essentially, she was trying to pin it on me, which again, my mom was not particularly pleased with that one, but we ended up remedying the situation because I took weights class that as a backup plan and that ended up being fine. But in terms of a good case manager, you know, there was a bullying situation I was dealing with in eighth grade and after that, after that whole situation, after constantly talking with my case manager, she made it her mission the next year to split the individual and I up. And because of that decision, um, I had one of the best years I ever had in grade school because I just didn't have to worry about it. I could focus on my work, focus on my classes, and it just, I was forever grateful for that decision, for what she did that at that time. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. So here you are now, you're in Minnesota. Uh, do you mind telling us about um, your life here in Minnesota these days? What do you like to do in your free time? Any hobbies? Um, so I will say this right now. My time here in Minnesota has been great. You know, great. and I think it Wonderful. really comes down to the people here being, you know, I feel at home with the people that I've met here, the friends, everybody in general. And it's, it's also allowed me to really enjoy my hobbies to a much larger degree. And some of my hobbies include um, playing sports through Special Olympics, watching watching sports like baseball, football, hockey, mainly baseball and football, um, and aviation. So planes and lots and lots of planes. And I enjoy my hobbies so much that I actually work in a job that involves a lot of planes. I work at the MSP airport. So. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's a very physical job, which I also enjoy, which I will tell parents this right now, too. One of the neat little remedies that that I've seen that's helped me relax better is physical activity. So if you – it may not hurt to give your child a chance, you know, especially through Special Olympics, see how they enjoy. Or if they really like gym class. If they really like gym class, I would really focus on them, you know, doing more physical activity because – you'll be amazed at just how much better they end up feeling. Because I, I can tell you right now, I felt fantastic when I could just... Because doing physical activity releases internal energy. Sure. Inside, inside pain. Sort of kind of like I was talking about with releasing the pressure in your brain. Yeah. That also helps release stress within your body. Because it's just... It, it's letting out energy. Great advice. Now, I have an important question to ask, which is how well do you think the Twins are going to do this year? Are they going to win the division, make the playoffs again? Well... It's not a matter if they can win the division. That's then that's pretty okay. easily that they can they're win the division. Confident the problem it. is, is those big bad Yankees from from out east. That's right. So, <laughs> hey, you know, considering how well the Wild have turned it around, you know, anything can happen, right? That's true. That's true. And funny enough, last two times they won the World Series, their season started in Oakland. Are they starting this year in Oakland? Good call. So, okay, we well, shall see. Take that as a good sign. Thank you for that <laughs> bit of. 
hope. <laughs> so you, you talked about parents um, and getting their kids physically active. Do you have any advice for parents who are just sort of beginning this journey? I would say the big thing for parents that they would need they would need to approach this with an open book and they need to understand that there is going to be trials and there are going to be difficulties. But the thing is, is in life, we deal with all that, with all those things um, every day in our lives. But the really beautiful thing is through, as the term would be used, diamond in the rough. Yeah, it may seem there's a lot of rough, but there's a beautiful diamond sitting in there. And if you can, if you can be that miner and dig and dig and dig and find that diamond, you will be amazed at what, at what you have. And that's sort of what happened with me in my life. You know, it took me a long time. Like I, I, it got to the point where my parents never thought I could drive. They never thought I could do yeah. all these different things. But I found that one diamond in the rough, which was my aviation hobby. And once I found that, everything sort of fell into place. Now I can drive and do all these different things. So Wonderful. big thing for parents, understand it's a trial. But, you know, if you just keep going... There's a beautiful end in sight. David, you mentioned aviation and how important it's been in your life. Uh, tell us about that story and uh, why it's important for someone to have, you know, a, a hobby or an activity that where they can focus their attention. Well, the reason aviation had such a big impact on me is, as with aviation, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's all over. So, you know, because I really focused my brain on specifically aviation. You know, I started learning new words, learning new terms. So like stall, drag, um, takeoff, landing, you know, weight and balance, you know, the phonetic alphabet. So Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Echo, Foxtrot, you know, I started learning all these complicated words. And because I strive to understand these things and learn these things and figure out what they mean, it's sort of just kind of like a gear in the brain. It just started started going and going and I started repeating these words and because I started understanding these hard words it made understanding easier words much easier because I could just take the sounds of the hard words and merge them together so essentially as they always would say you start small and then you go big I started big and then went down and the results were just downright astonishing you know my ability to be able to understand things was better and for example, when I left elementary school, I could only read at like a second grade level. When I graduated high school, I jumped up to like a seventh, eighth grade level. Nice. And like, and I would always impress my friends because, you know, yeah, I would struggle with some of these basic social cues, but I could literally jump in a simulator and land a plane. Oh, wow. Easily. Amazing. Because I just, I memorized it and I knew what, I knew what to look for. I knew the tendencies and I knew it just... It gave me the opportunity to really just sort of just make the creativity in my brain work. Yeah. And then it's allowed me to do side projects, you know, like be a YouTuber yeah. on YouTube for aviation, where I just do my own plane videos and stuff like that. Sure. Which, you know, in case anybody's wondering, one of my best ones is the uh JetBlue inaugural flight video from Minneapolis. I uh, did that all by I only went to Boston for like five hours. Oh, uh, <laughs> Just for that specific flight. And then I flew to Hawaii, which my parents never, not only did I fly to Hawaii by myself, I've done that before, but I actually went to Hawaii by myself. Nobody was 
there. Good for you. And I stayed in the islands for three days. Cool. And very cool. Like I said, it all started from that one hobby. Oh, that's it great. Gave me, you know, and I always tell, I always joke with people. I say, people ask, "What's the best part of your vacation?" The plane rides. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't say that, but <laughs> yes, I'll just sit there and stare out the window for hours. Because that's fantastic. That's my entertainment. So, in closing, David, any final thoughts you have for us? Um, the big things I want to say to people is, you stress is the importance of a support system. So that includes your family, case managers, whom you know, etc. Because that can really make a difference for the individual, whether when it comes to their hobbies and being able to embrace their hobbies or, you know, understanding social situations and helping them through certain social situations. Just, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you feel stressed out, take a walk, do physical activity, because you'll be amazed of just how much that will relieve your stress and get your mind refocused and just sort of bring you back to the reality of the world. Because... A lot of times, at least for me, my biggest difficulty was sort of not living in the reality of the world. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much, David, for sharing your story. And thank you again to Central Roofing for sponsoring this episode and being a strong voice in our community for individuals with autism.